Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino back in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And you all know we stay away from politics and elections here on good things, except for when it's a fun one. And the city of Startville is welcoming their first pet mayor in special election. And this is one we can get behind. Joining us today is Paige Watson. She's director of Startville Main Street to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Paige. Hey, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me on today. This is the only way you're getting me into politics is talk about the pets being mayors. I think this should catch on. I think every city across uh, Mississippi should have a pet mayor along with their traditional mayor. But, you know, uh, maybe it will. So how did this all come about? This just sounds like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> well, actually, uh, my boss, Mike Taggart, he kind of ran this idea by me probably at least eight months or a year ago. And I've had this print out on my desk for a while. And after some brainstorming and uh, some very in-depth planning and just the right timing, our Main Street Association decided to take this on as a fundraiser and a way to give back to our local Humane Society. And I cannot even begin to describe what a big hit it's been so far. So right before this call, um, I just we received our 17th nominee in my inbox. So it is going to be the best election, and I just can't wait really for the community to meet all of the candidates because they are definitely brightening my day every time I get to check, check my inbox and see a new candidate come in. I'm going to need a debate, an official debate. We're going to need some form of other kind of, I don't know, political contest roundup. You know, why weren't they at the Neshoba County Fair this past, you know, uh, June or July? <laughs> but we'd have a bigger turnout, I think, uh, to come out and see all the all the fur babies. Okay, how does it work? Because elections can work a lot of different ways these days when it comes to, you know, pets and things. How did y'all decide to, to make this one work? So this is actually really funny. This election is going to work every way that a normal election wouldn't work. So it is going to be 100% um, rigged and just based off of who will pay the most money to the fundraiser. So, <laughs> yeah, we were like, you know what, we're going to we're gonna see how far people will really go. Um, but it's for such a great cause, of course. Uh, but the nomination period closes this Friday. So we are asking for cats or dogs to be nominated from Startville, Octavial County, and then any MSU student is also allowed to nominate their pet. Um, we have had people ask, and Bully... Um, um, Dak, he is not eligible. 
So he is out of the running, but any other cat or dog is eligible. And so you pay $50 to nominate, and then on Monday we will have the um, community-wide election, and so everything will be online, and for three weeks until September 15th, it's just going to be a pay-to-vote. So we're really, really excited to, to get that out there. And like I said, we can't wait to see um, how much money people will pay to have their pet elected mayor. So... <laughs> When you say pay to vote uh, page, is it going to be one of those easy things? Like if you go on, you can just automatically uh, charge a dollar, five dollars, or however much? Because yes. I know all that will add up quickly. Um, yeah, or yeah. is it a little bit more streamlined than that? No, it's going to be really quick. It's going to be kind of like, I'm hoping that we, um, we're kind of waiting because, like I said, right now we have nearly 20 candidates. And so if we get too many, we're going to have to kind of scale it back to where it's real specific. But right now I'm hoping that you can just add to cart um, and you'll just be able to pay. And so we also haven't set the uh, vote amount yet, but it will be somewhere in the 2 to 5 to $10 range. So it'll be a very cheap uh, vote, but one that you can do as many times as you want to do. So. I would say one vote for $2, <laughs> two votes for $5. Wait, no. I have yeah. to do it wrong. Anyway. Some kind of scale. <laughs> Some yeah, kind of scale that way. <laughs> yeah, we're finalizing everything tomorrow, and that I think that's what we're going to go with. So, And we'll put like a minimum on it of maybe 10 or $20 or something like that. So. Well, I think it's exciting because this does go all back to such a good cause. You talked about um, Octavia County Humane Society. I feel like most know or think they know what a humane society does for their county or their community. But, Paige, I feel like you're, you guys there have a really special one. They're in the news often of doing doing good things and their community coming together to support them. So what makes them so special? Oh, I mean, I think just any time you can give a, um, a pet a, a loving home, I mean, that's just the best thing in the world. So um, this is benefiting the Humane Society and our Startville Main Street Association to make our uh, events and everything that we do for downtown more pet-friendly. So it's really just kind of a win-win. But, um, yeah, our Humane Society is amazing, and we always love, you know, Main Street. We often get the reputation that we, we're the party planners and that we have a lot of fun, and we do, um, but we do have so many community-wide events and all of our events are very pet friendly so we're just looking forward to encouraging that as well so when when you choose your pet mayor and this will be the first for the city of startville if you're just tuning in opportunity to i guess get yours nominated and then the head of the voting begin what will their reign be like Paige? what will be will they go around and have appearances will they get to go to official city meetings so they get a parking spot like how how will this work Absolutely. So the pet mayor is already going to be really busy. So um, if you're thinking about nominating your pet, but your pet is doesn't like to leave the house, then this may not be the best job for them. So we've already actually got the pet mayor booked to be the grand marshal in the Cotton District Arts Festival parade that's coming up next month. Um, they're going to ride in the Christmas parade, uh, and we will just have a lot of fun without them with them throughout the year. Uh, we'll invite them to ribbon cuttings and just all kind of things. So the pet mayor will get a photo shoot and um, we just look forward to having them, like I said, be our Goodwill ambassador. So we're really excited. So you got 17 already, and it's cats and dogs, or is it any official, like, fur pet that can be brought outside the house? Or is there, like, non... (laughs) You can't bring, like, your spiders and your amphibians. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the craziest pet we've had at a, at a Main Street event is a snake um, before. So we have seen a pet snake before, but this is only open to cats and dogs. And the reason why is because there's really going to be three winners. So the the animal, whether it be a cat or a dog, that receives the most votes 
slash money um, for the fundraiser is going to be the pet mayor. And then the alternate cat and dog will be the fur chief, like the fire chief, and the chief of police. Like the Love team of police for the yeah, so yeah. we're gonna have three winners. So we're excited, and um, those uh, animals as well, of course, will take on their duties as assigned throughout the next two years. So. Okay, so Paige, you said we have until the end of this week to get in our nominations if we're in mm-hmm. that area, and then when will the voting begin? The voting begins on Monday, August 25th, and it is going to, I'm sorry, Monday, August 28th. Um, uh, so nominations in this Friday, the 25th. Voting is the 28th through September 15th. And then our official pet mayor, we have not released this to the public yet, but they will be collared in the official collaring ceremony. That will be September 19th. So we're going to know in less than a month who our, who our inaugural pet mayor is. So that's just so exciting. And I, I believe I've told a couple of people this. I think we may be the first community in the state to do this. Uh, you're the first community Good Things knows of that has done <laughs> Thank this. Thank you very much. Yeah. So we're excited, and I hope to see this trend continue. And like I said, our support that we've received so far from the community is just truly outstanding. So People love excited. their pets, Paige. People love they their do. pets. They do. And I, um, I, well, we can't wait to figure out or learn who won. You know, they're always <laughs> welcome to make uh, good things part of their official mayor um, t- uh, press tour. So you'll have yes. to, to let us in on that for sure. And, yeah, we'll be keeping up with this. This is super fun. Where can we go to um, nominate? And then where do we go to vote? So it's just going to be startable.org backspace pet-mayor. So it's on there. And you can just Google Starble Pet Mayor and it will pop right up. Super simple. All right, Paige. Well, I appreciate your time and we'll keep up with this. And I hope you stay cool and out of the heat. (laughs) Yes. All the the pet candidates will be cool this week. We can assure you that. Um, But thank you so much again, Rebecca. And thank you for all you do. All righty. Pretty cool. I'm thinking Bailey and Porch Cat for mayor. Rhino, what do you think about that? I feel like Porch Cat just really wouldn't even care if she got nominated. She'd probably take her role very seriously, but she couldn't care less. Bailey, on the other hand, would be very ecstatic to be known by the public. And Bailey is our boxer, if you didn't know that. And Porch Cat, obviously, is in the name, is Rhino's cat. You know, I mean, I hope, you know, that just all, that, you know what, though? It'd be like a normal city political environment dogs and cats i don't don't know you wonder if they're all going to get along if they're going to be able to get any work done if you know um whatever it may be but i don't know if porch cat has the right demeanor for politics because she's she's a bit standoffish when unless you get to know her or spend time around her like anybody that comes to visit even if she's seen them a thousand times she's going to go hide under the bed and then come out in like an hour hour and a half to say to say hello and then Depending on how quickly that person moves around, she may just back into the bed. Bailey 100% could be bribed by snacks. So if you want something built in the city or you want a business not not moving in, you just give Bailey snacks and she'd be the mayor <laughs> on your side. <laughs> All right, stick with us. we got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a morning time and we're going strong. Heading up down the river. Back to good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. You can also catch Good Things Live on Ceasefire TV. If you've got that, we're on channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And I simply don't want to talk about it. But the other kind of <laughs> the other place you can stick uh stay in touch with us here on the show is over on the Good Things Facebook group. We always post the most positive headlines that we can find through the interwebs about our state and the people in it, as well as ask fun questions of the day. But if few good headlines I don't want you to miss, particularly about some stories that we've kept up with. One, you may remember Miss Tracy Harden. She is the owner of Chuck's Dairy, Bar, Chuck's Dairy Bar there in Rolling Fork that unfortunately met its demise during the tornadoes. There's a wonderful picture of her standing in the spot with new plans to rebuild Chuck's Dairy Bar. I know that was a staple in the community, and she hit the ground running right after the tornadoes, feeding um, the victims and families as well as first responders and those coming for cleanup. And to say she has hasn't stopped helping the community since um, is an understatement. And so I know everybody was looking forward to get that restaurant back up and running. And so they are one step closer with the plans to make it a reality. So kudos to her and her team and everybody who is um, supporting that effort. And then so many are going back to school. And then a lot of parents maybe taking your kids to school, dropping them off. You never know who you're going to see on campus um, in a Mississippi on a Mississippi campus. You may have seen Chef Emerald. Lagasse, you know him? Bam! That's like just my best. That's my best shot. But he does a little more Cajun swagger than I do. But bam! He he made that. If you, it's like if you don't know who Chef Lagasse is, you know what that is. Oh yeah. And then the rest, you know, is spiraling out of out from there. So his daughter Meryl is a student at Ole Miss, and so he was down. Uh, visiting her, wearing his blue, red and blue, and all the things. So I want to say it's kind of a family tradition for them, at least part of the family, to go really? to Ole Miss. I, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, her mom went to Ole Miss, or maybe it was her, I'm talking about the, the mm-hmm. daughter. Maybe it was a grandfather who played football at Ole Miss. That, I know there was somebody else in the family that had been to Ole Miss before. Didn't he invent, or maybe not, well, I'm sure he did invent, but didn't he create... Like one of the first little oven thingies. I know George had the foreman, George Foreman. That was the big thing. But then I think he had, he went, vi- well, not viral, but he stepped like outside of just the cooking shows and created additional products within his brand that weren't just pots, pans, and thingy-majigs for the kitchen. It was more into not set it and forget it, guy, because I think that is. It's Ron Papilla. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I think he. I think he. Um, I'd have to look it up and see see which which it is. But I think he created one of them little ovens or whatnot. But regardless, the food business has been has done him well. I do know he had a signature line of really fancy kitchen knives. Was it knives and two? I think stainless ware as well. I want to say, is it the fun to say name the Wustoff 
Light knives? I think he had a stuff brand knife. Sounds above my pay grade. Oh, those yeah. Knives can get yeah, those expensive. knives are pricey. Yeah. Someone said uh, Emerald's wife, the daughter's mom, Aha. went to Ole Miss. I knew there was a connection somewhere. Yeah. So welcome to Mississippi, Merrill. Hope you enjoy your years there in, in Oxford. Headed down south, though, to Hattiesburg. You may have heard, well, first stop it in Canton. You remember we telling you the story of Brennan Lacey. He's the 14-year-old sprinter from Canton who now lives in Texas, but he showed out at the Iowa Junior Olympics. Well, little did I know, we had two other Mississippians um, there from Hattiesburg School District. Uh, we have Miss Porter and then Miss Flowers, an eighth grader, a seventh grader, and an eighth grader. And they did the um, triple jumps. Flowers came in fourth. Porter came in third in the triple jumps. And so kudos to those young ladies who have a bright future in um, track. Is triple jump the one that's kind of like the long jump, but it's more like a skip and looks even harder than the long jump? It's all hard. Well, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. Well, you're the Olympics lover. I am the Olympics lover, but I think that I think triple jump is the one where instead of just getting a good running jump and then taking off, you have to do the little skip beforehand, and it's, it's even big, more difficult. Yes, because it's the big right, and when you see it and not knowing that that's on purpose, you wonder if like there like, something went wrong. Did they catch a cramp in their in their hamstring? What are they trying to actually feels accomplish? Feels like most people trying to do that would tear something. Oh, absolutely. And if you, like, broad, to me, just a simple broad jump is harder than you would think that it looks. So to have to be running and then propel yourself feet out, I mean, to me, is sounds like a not fun day of competition. Yeah, the triple jump, sometimes referred to as the hop, step, and jump. Hop, so, yeah. hop step, and jump. I wonder how many times that's gone over in their head of like, hop, step, jump. Anyway, they did good. So Mississippi got uh, third and fourth in that and only eighth graders, seventh grade and eighth grade. So I feel like, you know, my middle schooler needs to step it up in her physical activity. (laughs) We're we're lagging behind. We're right here at sixth grade. Maybe I can we can get to the Junior Olympics come seventh or eighth grade. Probably not. They started a little wee bit sooner uh, than that. But, hey, those are three names that we may end up seeing in future Olympics and have good ties here uh, to Mississippi. So I think that's that is pretty cool. But anytime you think of running right now, the only thing you think of is. Feel like in fact, running in soup. I know you've heard this, but I mean, it's it's like it's like dangerously hot to be running right now. I mean, I don't know the whole like everyone's different and how. I mean, if you've been running when it's been a hundred degrees in recent weeks, then if you haven't suffered any ill issues, then maybe you've acclimated to it. But yeah, but still, this week would definitely not be the week to go. You know what? It's time for the couch to five (laughs) k. And let's start at noon. <laughs> no, let's wait for that. Let's sort of take a step back on that. But, I mean, it is hot. And it's. I think everybody opened up their, their um, weather app of choice, I think, sun, Saturday or Sunday or whenever you start to, like, look at the week ahead. And everybody looked at that and said, like, where, where, where am I living? Like, where, when, when did this happen? When did it have like a bell-shaped curve starting at 100, stopping at like 115 midweek, and then coming back to 100 by the end of the week? Like, what, what planet are we on? Which was, what's the 
hot planet. When, when I first saw it, I did the whole, because I was on my phone, I scrolled down, and it was like that whole thing where you pull it down to refresh. <laughs> I was like, this it's is stuck. stuck. This is last week's temperatures, right? This is totally, yes, this is not true. This this shouldn't be going on. But here we are, and we keep promising you that you know cooler weather's coming at some point. But at this point, it's I got feel, to. At this point, I feel like we're all like ready to start making bribes and dibs to the man upstairs for cooler weather. And so the question on the Good Things Facebook group is all fun and games today. But at this point, I'm willing to give up blank for cooler weather because I feel like it's gotten to the point where we'll start letting go of some things that we just really like or enjoy or, you know what, God, I will give you, I will stop wearing flip-flops if you will. That's what Jamie's Jackie said because he loves to wear his flip-flops during warmer weather. I'll give all of that up if you will just give us some warmer I mean, some not warmer. No, no, no. Give us some cooler temperatures. So I'm wondering, what are you? What would you be willing to give up right now, just for? What are you willing to barger right now for uh, a little bit cooler temperatures? Jeff said I'd give up my homegrown tomatoes. Are any of y'all still getting tomatoes? Like, are your tomato plants not just give up? Like, it's high. And if they aren't, are you still? How much are you watering them things? At this point, I just feel like most plants are like. Unless you a little are, wilted. Unless you are actively putting in the money to keep them happily hydrated. Just the I had have two beautiful ferns on either side of my front door. When one decided to kick the bucket, she went fast. It was like one minute, one day, they were both fine. The, the, I've got one hanging in there with me. But the one who gave up, she gave up quick. She said, I ain't coming back. I bump this this is spontaneous just <laughs> fern combustion <laughs> it is pretty much how it went down but she's still there because i don't want to replace her because it will fit to be non-fern season anyway and so i have this strange one thriving fern i'm trying to keep with me and one who clearly has the mood that we all have right now we're just withered and dried and over it that's where we're at are you willing to give up anything at the moment for cooler weather, Rhino? Uh, for cooler weather, as a, many things I'd likely give up, but the first thing that came to mind was Diet Coke. Because over my time off, I refused to go out and buy any because it was hot, and I was like, I, I don't feel like going to the store right mm-hmm. now. So I just kept making sweet tea and coffee and just didn't deal with Diet Coke. So I went a few days without it. Like I could, I could go without it for longer if it meant cool weather got here quicker. But what's your stipulation? Like, where's your cool line where it's worthy of you letting go of Diet Cokes? I mean, I just enjoy any time I can wake up and sit on the front porch and there's a six or lower in front of the temperature. So we're looking for 70 About or below. About three weeks from now. You say that. All right, stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
talking about the good things, don't forget you can watch us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Gerard is on the move tomorrow. You can join Middays with Gerard Gibbert. He will be at Mossy Oak in West Point for the upcoming Prairie Arts Festival, which will be happening Labor Day weekend. And then Sports Talk Mississippi will be at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College in Perkinston on Thursday. They'll be kicking off the Meet the Bulldogs night. Plus, you'll hear about the great things going on on Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. So that'll be a good one to tune in for. And speaking of football, it's back. High school football returns this Friday in Super Talk, Mississippi. We got you covered. You can catch a local game on just about every Super Talk, Mississippi station. Plus, you can stream a ton of games and get up-to-the-minute scores from across the entire state by going to supertalk.fm slash high school or by clicking on sports on the Super Talk, Mississippi app. And then you got the scoreboard preview show at 6 p.m. on Fridays. And then catch the Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show at 10 p.m. on Friday nights anywhere you listen or watch Super Talk Mississippi. And we all know that it's hot weather whenever football actually gets here. Will and I were talking about that while you were gone, Rhino. It's the only sport, it feels like it's the only sport that you can suffer through immense heat in the very beginning, especially if you're sitting on the um, in the stands. And then you can freeze your petunia off whenever this season's kind of like wrapping itself up. It goes from one extreme. Well, the other extreme just depends on, well, again, Mississippi's weather, because by the end of November, December is kind of a crapshoot, whether it's super cold or not, but it's much colder than it is whenever it starts. Other sports, you feel like they don't have quite the pendulum swing when it comes to... Baseball and soccer, it's kind of the same. They're bookended by cold. Ah. Like you have baseball, you have spring practice and and spring training and camp and all that kind of stuff when it's still kind of cool. And then you play all the way through the heat of summer. And then if you're still playing by the time August, September, October rolls around, you've made it through the playoffs, it cools off again. Soccer's year-round, but for example, like MLS here in America, they start in the spring when it's cool and then play through the heat of the summer, and then you get into the playoffs, and later in the season, sometimes you're playing in snow. So I guess, are they longer seasons? Uh, yes, and more games. Because, I mean, football, you play, depending on the level, anywhere from eight games a season up to, in the pros, what is it up to now, 17 games a season plus the playoffs. So it's one game a week. Yeah, baseball and, and soccer especially have longer seasons. Well, I think most athletes just are super excited anytime we actually get to that fall weather, which we're just going to dream about that it's coming because your lungs go, thank you. Like, just take the immunity away. Thank you. I can. I just feel so much lighter and faster and all the things um, now. But if you haven't heard, it's hot outside. I think we can all at least agree on that. Too hot for comfort. I don't know anybody right now who's just like, oh, no, it's fine. I mean, you may be fine because you work inside and you only have to go outside for getting in your car, checking your mail, and it may not really disrupt your life. But even then, you don't like your AC bills. You're not liking the fact your grass crunches or that your flowers are dying. I mean, I just don't know. Like Even those that are very pro-summer and they're like, I can't stand the winter and that that particular group of folks. I feel like even now that you you've reached your limit of like heat. Even now you're like, okay, I'm willing to negotiate Mother Nature and give up something 
for just a little bit of cooler weather. Ready to say uncle at this point. I'm ready to say uncle at this point. So on the Good Things Facebook group, we're having fun with what would you be willing to give up now and barter for some cooler weather? And cooler weather is relative where Rhino's like, hey, I want the 60s. 60s are lower for him. It's like, cool. I'm like, well, that's getting a little chilly for just all day for me. I'd like to stay in the upper 70s if I or mid 70s if I could really be. Uh, well, it's not even picky. really. I don't. I'm not asking for all day 60s. I just when it gets this hot. Absolutely. I'm mean, yeah. If I could have a cool morning mm-hmm. and a cool like after the sun goes down, it doesn't stay 85 degrees for another three hours. I can I can handle the heat. It's when it's. 105 at 3 in the afternoon, and then you step outside at 9 o'clock at night, and it's still 85 degrees, and you go back in, you go to bed, you wake up with a cup of joe on the front porch, and it's 80 degrees right after the sun came up. Keith and Meridian said, it's so hot, my watermelons or my watermelon are bursting on the vine, which is super sad. I get that. That's like my fern who just gave up life. She just turned it in. Her keys, she said, I'm done. I'm going to shrivel up and better look. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> it is still to me super strange how one went and the other the other sort of uh, didn't. But uh, Jimmy says coffee. He'd give up his coffee for some uh, cooler weather. And I'm like, ah, you're stepping on my toes there, Jimmy. I'm not sure about that. But I, you know, I am a diehard coffee drinker, so I will drink it regardless of temperature. We can wake up tomorrow; it's two hundred degrees outside. I'm not going outside to enjoy it, but it, I like the hot. I like the smell. I like everything that comes with that morning cup. But there's some of you who love coffee and your caffeine, but you switch to iced coffee or something different in the. I mean, in the summertime, like you just can't do a hot cup of coffee on a hot day. And I just feel like you're not an addict enough. But, you know, the rest of us, I just feel like that's that's non-negotiable. Because no matter how hot it gets, like first thing in the morning, it's not that hot. Like the humidity hadn't found us. Now, I'm not drinking a cup of coffee at noon or even now, which is usually rare because it's so hot. But that morning cup, yeah, I can't, I can't give that up. But you've just recently kind of gotten into... Oh, yeah, I found my clearance rack Keurig, and I was going to say, I haven't quite taken the leap to the whole, oh, yeah, you can just put the cake up in and close it and stick a glass of ice under there, because they have those. I've seen them. I just can't wrap my head around that. Like, they make them for sweet tea, where you put a a pot in and push the button, and it brews sweet tea over your ice. I'm just thinking, I'm sure it works, but I'd still rather do it my own way. Are you making iced coffee or are you making regular coffee? I'm making regular coffee. That's, that's what I'm saying. I haven't, haven't, haven't gotten around the to the coffee. whole iced coffee K-cup thing. It just it feels foreign. Then again, the whole K-cup thing is foreign to me. I've only had it for a couple of weeks. Does it still feel odd just to close it and then only get a cup? A little bit, yeah. Do you walk away and forget it's there sometimes because you think the whole pot's cooking, cooking, brewing? Not yet. So that's not. So you get sort of that, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm a creature of habit, and so I don't mind those when I'm somewhere that has them. Like, oh, just make a cup. But there's something about having a pot of coffee, having a pot of coffee <laughs> in the morning, sitting there, whole pot, a whole pot, just for me. 
The whole pot. All no, the pot. All the pot. No, that's not true. I share the pot. But it's the smell. I don't know. It's the whole hearing it, smelling it. It was part of waking waking you up. Which you do hear the K-cups. I mean, I know that's something that you that you hear. I would be afraid if it comes out hot, though, and it melts the ice too quickly. That's what I'm thinking. Or you break your glass. You can't break, like, you know. I mean, kind of if. I imagine if you had the glass in the freezer and then tried to brew in it, you might get a crack in it if there was already weak there. But usually it takes more of a temperature range to have problems with glass. I can't remember the gentleman's name, the creator of Mississippi Coffee Company. And they do um, concentrated coffee for uh, iced coffee. And in my mind, like, that's a different product than just brewed coffee. Like, you really don't want brewed coffee over ice. Real iced coffee is a completely different. Um, oh yeah, it's much it more concentrated. It. it takes a lot longer because you're you're essentially steeping it instead of brewing it. Because if I'm not mistaken, to make iced coffee, you have to have a certain kind of container that sits over a pitcher or a, or another container, and you fill that joker up with coffee grounds, and then pour room temperature or cool water over that. And it takes forever to steep through that, and you get a, a concentrated coffee. That's why if you get any of those iced coffees, unless they're already pre-mixed with milk or something. I was just say, unless they've already got something in them. you, you got to dilute it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or it's like drinking espresso. It's like a fourth a cup of crema. whatchamadoodle to a lot more um, coffee, I mean, milk or whatever you want to put into it. I went through an iced coffee phase. I'm not mad at it. I just, if you're trying to um, cut back on caffeine, I'm just not going to give up my hot cup in the morning. Like, I can't I can't fathom a world where you're like, hey, Rebecca, we've got to switch you out. You're going to start drinking iced coffee in the morning instead of your hot cup. It wouldn't end well. I would, it wouldn't, <laughs> I'd fight you for it. But I just like my, I like my hot ritual first thing in the morning, no matter how hot it is outside but stick with us we got some more good stuff for you coming up next And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also find us on the Supertalk Mississippi app. You 
can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget too, you still have time to register for the Guns N' Roses special giveaway that they are coming to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September the 20th. And we want to give you a chance to be there. You can win tickets to Guns N' Roses. You can also get the VIP treatment with a night's stay at the Beau Rivage and even a limo ride. You do have to be 21 to enter and you can find out where to do that over at supertalk.fm slash GNR. Darren and Jackson on the ceasefire text line said, our submarine commander told our supply officer one time that we will leave torpedoes sitting on the pier before we leave the coffee. Get on board and make room for it. I can't imagine being stuck on a submarine with no coffee. That's just a recipe for disaster in my humble opinion. So he knew what he was doing. Rhino, you have a great trivia for us today, which you're full of that, on why today, August the 21st, is connected to the Mona Lisa. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people look at the Mona Lisa and they think, okay, why is this painting so popular? And she's the one that they swear that she'll follow you if you're right. looking at her. Right. I mean, it's got all kinds got of myths smirk. and urban legends attached yeah. to it. And where is she? She is hanging in the Louvre in Paris. Gotcha. In France. And that's where she was hanging way, way back in 1911 when a guy that was working at the Louvre, I want to say his name, where it's somewhere around here. Yeah, Vincenzo Perugia was working at the Louvre and was, it's, it's argued whether or not he was trying to do this for nationalistic reasons because Leonardo da Vinci was Italian and he was Italian and for some reason the Mona Lisa was in France. And the reason behind that is because Leonardo da Vinci gave it to the King of France as a present, so the French actually had it legally, legit. But Perugia decided, you know what? I'm just going to take it. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Nobody because knows. at that point in time, it wasn't the Mona Lisa that everybody has to go see, that everybody wants to take their picture in front of, even though it's smaller than the vast majority of screens you would be working on in the office. I mean, the thing is less than three feet by two feet. It's it's not a big painting. And you got art critics and people saying, well, it's, it's important because of his, his understanding of anatomy or his use of sfumato, which is just a fancy way of saying he blended the colors well. No, the Mona Lisa is famous because a dude walked out of the Louvre with it and nobody noticed, and it didn't come back for two years. Like, the hype around the theft of the Mona Lisa is why the Mona Lisa became so famous and popular. People wanted to, just like nowadays, they want to buy into the latest thing, the newest craze. The craze in 1911 was somebody stole a painting. And people would literally go to the Louvre to look at the empty spot on the wall where she used to hang. It wasn't until two years later when he tried to sell it to somebody back in Italy dumb, dumb. that he got caught and got in trouble. <sighs> So that's how today, back in 1911, the legend of the Mona Lisa began. You do wonder about folks who get away with stealing things that are, you know, important or deemed important or deemed expensive or rare because it, you know, but it's not yours. So you stole it. How long do you hold on to that before you feel like it's safe to then try to sell? Because if you can't sell it, then it's of no value to you other than your ticket to jail if anybody finds out it's under your mattress in your bedroom so 
I mean, what's the point of taking something if you don't have a buyer for it or sort of use for it? Because it sounded like he just had his feelings hurt and he should have just hung it up in his own bedroom and looked at it every day knowing it was back on soil, which he thought it should be. I mean, maybe that's what he did because it was two years later when he tried to sell it. Maybe he just got tired of looking at her. (laughs) Or maybe he just got hard up for money and it was like, well, this is a poor life choice. This is, a you know, as if somebody is not going to say, well, how did you acquire the Mona Lisa? I don't know. She just showed up on my doorstep. I mean, this, you know, how more like, come on, it's like, how do you expect this is going? to end think think your crimes all the way through (laughs) till the end what how is this going to end for you probably not very well but for her she she took a two-week a two-year vacation she came back pretty dang popular and i want to say it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 100 to 200,000 people stopped by the louvre to see her the first week she was back Mm-hmm. That's how much of a hype and a craze had been built up just by her theft. I am today years old that she's small. I don't know. I, oh, don't, yeah. I haven't really. I mean, art history is not exactly something. I spent oh, but if you think of a on. painting, you think of a nice big frame. So I would be let down if I finally made my trip over oh, there yeah. and walked in. I was like, oh, I get to see the Mona Lisa. Not Especially knowing. Especially considering it's behind glass and you got about a thousand other people that are trying to all take the same selfie with the Mona Lisa. Uh huh. And then be like, that's it? A little underwhelmed. Glad we came here for other things, because that would have been a letdown. <laughs> All right, stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rano and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.